Warning, the following program is very silly. Welcome along, folks, to the Michael Muto Show here on Western Mac 102 FM. Hope you're all having a fantastic Tuesday morning. Hope it's a great bank holiday Monday. Hope it's a great weekend. Hope it's a great week since I spoke to you last. Folks, we're in for a treat today because I'm going to be listening back to my interview with the one and only Mike Carroll. Mike is a writer for the iconic 2000 AD. I had him on when 2000 AD were celebrating their 45th anniversary. And uh, we had quite a time to be listening to that top of the next hour. Folks, over the weekend, I saw a film. That film was Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Now, long-term listeners of the show will know that I have been eagerly anticipating watching this film. I've been waiting for it to come out. It uh, came out in, I think, well, I mean, obviously it came out at the end of... Or 2022 because it was to be eligible for that year's Oscars, which would be happening Saturday this year, obviously. It was nominated for Best Animated Feature. Uh, it lost to Gamer Del Toro's Pinocchio. But um, it's it's a wonderful, wonderful film. And I loved Gamer Del Toro's Pinocchio as well, too. And uh, people will, might remember I gave a review to that film as well, too, earlier on in the year. Now, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On is brilliant. So funny, so cute. If you don't know what Marcel the Shoes On is, it started off live as a series of videos on YouTube starring Jenny Slays and Dean Flesher Camp. And it became very, very popular. And soon they said they'd make a feature film, and that's what they have made. And the film stars Jenny Slays and Isabella Rossellini and Dean Flesher Camp. And it's very, very interesting in the way it's all worked out in this way because so the fact that they are up as YouTube videos is worked into the film as well too it's part of the plot so Dean is a filmmaker who stays at this Airbnb and while he's there he discovers Marcel and decides to make some videos about Marcel and puts them up on YouTube soon Marcel becomes very popular and um, just like it happened in real life but with uh, Marcel's popularity they will be able to discover what happened to Marcel's family Marcel's family has gone missing and uh, so Marcel is living in this house with his grandmother uh, played by Isabella Rostini as I said and you know as I say it's so funny but it also deals with loss various types of loss and it is it does it in such a way it's so well done I think and there's also another layer to this film in that uh, Dean Fleshercamp and Jenny Slays were in a relationship and broke up. And so they're but they're making this film together, so it's you know, it's about breakup as a breakup as well too at the end of the day. And it it's very well I think it's very well done and I think it's just really interesting, a really, really fascinating film in how it's made, just in how it's made with the stop motion animation, how it's made with the live action segments, how it's made using the idea that they have uploaded videos to YouTube already and that's part of the story. Um, 
Just really, really interesting stuff. I really liked it nevertheless. If you haven't seen it, check it out. And as I like to put it in the all these kinds of things, uh, it is rated PG and the IFCO on their website says thematical elements may upset younger children. So parents out there, you know, you know yourself, uh, check it out first. Let's uh, just see what you think. And then, uh, you know, you'll know yourself. But yes, Marcel the Shell with shoes on was worth the wait for me to see absolutely brilliant i will definitely be watching that one again welcome back folks this is michael muso here on westermick 102 fm folks as you know or maybe you don't know this program will be coming to an end in a couple of weeks we'll be having our last ever episode and uh, that last episode actually i have a date for that that'll be the 11th of july Mark it down your calendars. The 11th of July will be the last ever episode of the Michael Muto Show. And it's going to be a big, big, big episode, folks. So do look forward to that. But back to right now, as I say, we're looking back at some older interviews, just like we are today. Last year, I spoke to Mike Carroll. Mike is a writer from 2000 AD. And when I spoke to him, it was the 45th anniversary of that iconic publication here we go right well welcome folks to the this interview where uh, i'm talking to michael carroll is it michael owen carroll or michael carroll you prefer well michael carroll yeah owen is just my, my middle name so but i i use that on online because all the other michael carrolls snapped up all the good domain names <laughs> um even git but yeah so um the, the problem having um, my middle name being owen it was that O W E N in the you know the English way yeah. is is that people think it's O Carol and it's not O Carol it's O mm. Carol and um, yeah. that can get confusing but um, only if I let it so there, I generally don't usually go by the own but for Gmail purposes and <laughs> website addresses yeah that's where I am mm. well um. Well, Owen is here to talk to me today about everything oh, 2000 AD. Michael is here to talk to you about 2000 AD. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, oh, what am I saying? Hey, let me start again. Michael <laughs> is here today to talk about. No, I'm leaving that in. Uh, Michael, <laughs> all the talk about Owens, and I'm looking at Owen here. I'm looking at your website and everything. I'm like, wait, Owen, Owen, Owen is in my head. Anyway, Michael <laughs> is here today to talk to Michael about 2000 AD, the galaxy's greatest comic, Zarjaz. Uh, Splendig Vertig is what I was going to say to start this off and then I got sidetracked but anyway um, it celebrated its 45th birthday just last weekend, it was the weekend before it was the weekend before yeah. and well, Michael is in a very interesting position in with 2018 because you read the first issue you're a fan, you started off as a fan of 2018 and now yeah, you're a yeah, writer first that's right. Yeah, I, I started off. Um, issue one came out. I knew we knew it was on the way when we were kids because it was advertised in things like Action and Battle and a few of the mm-hmm. other IP sequels. And I was a huge science fiction fan already because um, people actually remember that this was early 1977 before even mm-hmm. Star Wars came out, and uh, we didn't even know what Star Wars was. Uh, well, I, I certainly didn't to that stage. I was ten. Uh, nearly 11 basically I, uh, uh, my, my birthday is the end of March and the comic came out at the end of April or sorry the uh, end of February yep. so I was nearly 11 um, so I was the exact right age for 2008 I reckon and um, mm. yeah we loved it from the get go and I've been reading it ever since it's been hugely influential on my life um, now writing for us 
Yeah, yeah. Well, well yeah, my first 2008 accepted, first story accepted was in, I think it was in 2007 or so. I mean, I'd written lots of other things by that stage. I'd written books and comics and or books and other small press comics and things. But um, I met a, a, a hero of mine, a 2008 artist called John Higgins. Mm-hmm. I met him at a convention in Dublin. And um, he said to me, oh, well, you know, you, 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 you like the comic, you, you write science fiction. You should write for the comics. Eh, it's too hard to write for comics. I said, well, you know, I was much more manly than that. And, yeah. um, and he went, you know, we'll give it a shot. So um, I, I, I can't remember when that was. I think it was around about 2001 or so. And uh, John and I became friends, strict friends, and we still are. We're so very good friends. We still work together. Um, he's definitely one of my favorite people on the planet. And um, we, uh, yeah, he, he's just said, you know, I suppose the old thing we're talking about it, writing is not the same as actually writing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I learned the same lesson years ago from a, a um, an Irish novelist, uh, Michael Scott, who I said, oh, I've always wanted to write a book. And he went, well, why don't you? I went, exactly. Yeah. And you can't, you know, you can't climb a mountain by talking about mountain climbing. You've got to get out there and do it. And with writing, you've got to do it. So I started writing stuff for 2008, just short stories, sending them in, uh, collecting um, a, a, a good pile of rejections but learning as I went. Mm-hmm. And the trick is, you know, you don't quit. You get yeah. a rejection, you go, oh, that's not fair. And then you keep going. Because, you know, if, if you never quit, then you can't lose. Mm. So it's, exactly. you know, I know it's a very pithy statement. I think with 2008, it's a very, as you say, you're a writer for science fiction and there's not a set type of story. Like it's science fiction. Sometimes there's a bit of fantasy in there as well too. But it's science fiction. So if you've got a science fiction story, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be like, um, there's not like, we'll say if you're writing for DC or Marvel, there's a specific type of story they're going to look for. Whereas 2008, it's going to be, it's interesting. It seems that what they were. We haven't seen that before. Every time I seem to pick up a 2008 issue, it's like, well, I've never seen that before. I've, yeah. I, I, where did they come up with that idea? Where, where's that coming from? Like in the early days, when you started reading 2008, you had things like Flesh, which is, mm-hmm. folks, if you don't know it, by the way, is, well, I'll give you an introduction to these well, home, folks. Uh, switch that around a little bit because I got a bit confused. But um, an introduction to SD. Basically, it's an anthology series, an anthology comic book where it's 30 pages and every story gets about five, four or five pages. And it's very, but weirdly, you think like, oh, that's not enough time. But the writing is so tight in it all the time. And that's, I suppose, why you got so many rejections because it's like they're very uh, strict in there. But um, we'll say, so like they had, when it started off, it was stuff like Flesh, which is literally about a Tyrannosaurus Rex in prehistoric times. And these cowboys go back in time to wrangle dinosaurs. And the series is basically them getting eaten by this dinosaur flesh. And sometimes, I'm not proud of this, when I was young, I was like, yeah, go on, Flesh. Go on, get them. <laughs> They're trying to hurt you. Go on, get them. And you do get into There's Sako, Seiko, the polar bear, which is kind of similar. And there's, I mean, there's, the list is endless. And um, of course, there is, of course, the most famous character out of Sazi, the Judge Dredd, which you have, of course, which you've written for as well. And, um, Mars? Oh, yeah, yes. I yeah, yes, have many, many times. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And um, there's Johnny Alpha, Durham Raid. I mean, the list is, I'd be here for days uh, to go over it. It's um, just, as they say, the galaxy's greatest comic. 
when they said yeah, the same, yeah. when they said that originally, I don't know if they really knew it was going to be it, but it has become that. It's like well, it's 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 a weird thing because when when we were little kids and we were reading the comic and uh, well, you know, early yeah. teenagers, and a great time with it, and there was all this stuff about the the alien editor, the alien editor, yes, Tark, yes, and how you know come to Crystal Galaxy's greatest comic. We always going, yeah, yeah, we're going along with the joke. It's all good fun. Yeah, yeah. But here we are, forty five years later, thinking. My career depends on this comic. I mean, well, you know, to a degree. Um, yeah, they've done this amazing work. I mean, there's been an awful lot of terrible stuff in 2008. Oh, yeah. It's like any science fiction thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. An awful lot of draws. But the good stuff. And they'd set it themselves. The editors and everything would set it themselves. They go, yeah, that wasn't good. Do you know? Yeah. Every, yeah. Every, yeah um, I think part of the part of the problem with um with 2008, back when it got and it's and it's less good was uh, around about the nineties when the original um crew kind of disappeared. Yeah, they mm-hmm. went off to make mm-hmm. the money in the states. Um, it, it, the uh, the the publishers didn't know what to do with the comic and it was kind of floundering a bit. And the editors were working hard to make it as good as they could. They got rid but of it Tharg. Was quite catching, and it's like trying to start your engine on a cold morning. Sometimes it just won't go, but they didn't quit. They could have just no said, way. oh, it's not selling as well. The story's aren't as strong as it used to be. We're not quite there. Let's pull the plug. And what they did do was they just kept going. And then Rebellion, it's a computer games company based mm-hmm. in the UK. They went, well, we have money. We could buy 2000 AD. And I don't mean just go to the shops and buy a copy. We could buy the entire thing. And yeah. so they did. And everything just took off from there. It went from strength to strength. But I think one of the great advantages that had was that 2008 didn't stay as a comic for kids it grew mm. up and yeah. now it's very much an adult comic i mean i i wouldn't be too happy about my grandkids reading it because i i don't have any grandkids that's one of the main reasons there um as you know we we don't have children but we do have grandkids because there was an accident with a time machine but um so I, I you i wouldn't recommend it to anybody under the age of like you know 14 or 15 maybe yeah oh well there um, is the regen one now we should say there's regen they are yeah, uh, yeah. They have every uh, every four sorry, three or four months they have a special issue which is stories aimed at all ages readers and that, that's yeah. great fun today yeah yeah but no um but as you say yeah it 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 i mean as we say like it was uh i mean it was never i mean you look at it you kind of go Jeez, is this, is this for kids? Like a dinosaur is eating these people. Like, I mean, you can't see the blood, but it those people are getting. Well, we eaten. were tougher in the, in, back in the seventies. Now, Mike, you wouldn't no, know I this. Did, I mean, like kids <laughs> nowadays would still love that stuff. Like, it's, nothing has yeah. changed, but it's see, just now that, we have helicopter parenting. And, gosh, I don't know. Yeah, it's the, yeah. the parents would go, "Oh, this isn't right. This dinosaur has yeah. bitten this man in half. It's yeah. it's horrible." And the kids would go, "Yes, brilliant." Yeah, but what because I mean is like, yeah, we we didn't. No, no, very few of us turned out to be serial killers, as far as I remember. I mean, out of out of, out of our class in school, there was thirty or so. I think only about eight were actually murderers in the end. So you know that's not bad. Um, and but the thing is, it, it's there was a there was a fear these days, um, and had it's been growing for a while that. If you if you give the kids violent media, they will become violent because the oh, yeah. idea is that violence breeds violence. But yeah. children are way smarter than people realize, and they know the difference between pretend violence and yeah. actual violence. And most of them do. The ones yeah. you don't know are going to be trouble anyway. Oh yeah. But what so, I meant yeah. was, you have like things that are slightly violent, but it was what what when we when people say it grew up. What I mean is like it 
mature. Like there is a complexity in some of these stories. Like George Strait isn't just uh, he's the law man. He just shoots it. Was like, well, hang on a second. What's actually going on in Mega City One? Why is there like a guy who's the judge, jury, executioner? What are the politics of this city? What is Judge Strait a good guy? Is he not a good guy in some situations? That's the, that is the actual key, most important thing about Judge Dredd that a lot of people yeah. don't twig is that he's not the hero. No. Um, if there, he's the protagonist of the, most of the stories, but he's yeah. not necessarily a good guy. And yeah. I've written books and comics about Dredd. Um, so he, books can come into in a different kind of level, a different kind of depth. And he... He sees himself as a cop. He's doing his job. Yeah. But he doesn't ever sit back and go, am I a good guy or a bad guy? He just yeah. does his job. But from the outside, he's a fascist. Oh, yeah. The judges yeah. are, are a fascist regime. Yeah. They are absolutely totalitarian. And yeah. um, when you're a little kid and you're reading the stories, you're going, this is great because he's a it's a future yeah. city with future crimes. Therefore, you need future cops. Um, but as the stories matured to that level... Um, we began to realize, oh, hang on a minute, these these guys are 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 you know really nasty. I mean, yeah. arresting people for littering or worse, you know, and um, worse than arresting them. Right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Back after these messages, you're listening to the Michael Muto Show on Western Rick 102 FM, and I'll continue my conversation with Mike Carroll. Welcome back. This is the Michael Muto Show here on Western Rick 102 FM. And I'm continuing my conversation with Mike Carroll, who is a writer for the comic book 2080. How hard is that to write, though? I mean, let's say like you're writing a Judge Dredd story and you've got like, OK, it's going to be however many pages, how many chapters we'll say, uh, episodes it's supposed to be. Um, yeah. And but each little section is like four pages long and you've got to tell a succinct six. story or six, yeah. whatever. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. And I didn't say yeah. whatever. I mean, yes. Um, but you've got whatever, whatever, you know. No, yeah, exactly. Sorry. But we'll say like a lot of other comics, you get like you're getting like 30 pages, maybe to tell a full yeah. story, and even then you gotta kind of go. That has to be is that a thing with English comics? You said you read a lot of English comics. I've read a lot of English comics, and a lot of them, like the Beano, the dandy stuff, it's like here's a page, here's two pages, we've got a full thing, but it's jokes. But then there's like a lot of other books too, like the Eagle and stuff like that, where yeah. it's like, here's a quick story, but you're going to be, it's like, oh, that was good. I enjoyed that. I didn't feel like it was rushed. I, I had a problem going the other direction when I was writing um, for an American publisher, a writing called Jennifer Blood. <clears throat> and Jennifer Blood was 20, I think it was 20 pages per issue. And uh, I was used to writing 10 or six page strips for Judge Dredd. Mm-hmm. Um, so for my very first few issues of Jennifer Blood were just crammed with stuff. And I realized, oh, hang on a minute, I've got to stretch the story out a bit more because it's, it's a different thing. Um, but yeah, no, it is hard. Um, when I'm writing, if I'm writing something like, you know, a book like the, the Judge's yeah. Book or, or one of these things, um, I come up with an overall story and I break it down into, into chapters. And I, and yeah. I come along and I go, this happens. Oh, that's an exciting bit. Chapter break there. Um, with the comics, the chapters are all a set length, if you like, six pages yeah. per episode. You can't suddenly say to the editor, you know, I'm feeling a bit lethargic today. I think we'll have eight pages in this thing. And he goes, no, because you've only got six pages allocated per issue. Yeah. Um, that, now and again, you can push it and get an extra page, but you have to really, really, really want it. But um, 
So what happens is we cannot affect, we cannot change the pace in that regard, mm-hmm. but we can change the panels per page. But the thing about that is, and this one people don't realize, I'll pick a comic at random and, and see. Right, here's one. Um, is it Miracle Man, book three, uh, yeah. or, or book three? So what happens is, the, uh, the uh, there's there's two pages, okay. So what happens is, the reader comes along, blah, 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 read. Yeah. They get an opening page there. Um, read, read, read. Now, if you have a plot twist, you want the plot twist to be on this page at the top, yeah. because you don't want it to be down here. Because when the reader is reading this page, they'll inadvertently stray and their eyes will wander over and they'll say, oh, no, oh my God, he's really a werewolf or whatever, you know? Um, oh, yeah. So you I never thought about it. I've just, I've been reading it for years. I'm just like, this has been tricking so, me. Yeah. So when you write the script, you've got to say to yourself, well, hang on, which way? So first page, you've got to have something, especially if it's dread, you know, the first page is always a right-hand page. So you yeah. go, okay, we can lead the readers in with this. Mm-hmm. They turn the page and there's something to keep them going, you know? Yeah. There's something intriguing at the bottom of page three then to make them <laughs> want to turn forward to page four. And page four will be like a shock moment or whatever. And page five will be something to keep them going to page five. Turn it over again. Page six is the last page and that has to end with something that makes them want to go, oh, can't wait for next week. Yeah. You've got to do that. Every issue you think of. Now, when I wrote, uh, it's a dread graphic novel I wrote called Every Empire Falls. And mm-hmm. most of the stories were six page episodes, six page ep- six page chunks. Um, and was it? it was 160 pages in total, something like that, over some of the front of the magazine, some of the prog. <clears throat> every story has to have um, these little cliffhangers all the way through. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> don't have that. What happens is someone online will go, Well, there wasn't much happened in this episode. And you go, Right, well, yeah, that's because it's designed to be read as a whole. But it's also designed to be read in chunks. And in one of the lessons that we learned from, um, from Stan Lee mm. was every issue of a comic is someone's first comic. Yeah. Someone's going to come along, pick it out of the blue. Um, so they've got to be able to pick up the story and go, well, we're in the middle. We're in part 10 of 20. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. I don't know who these people are. I don't know. No idea what's happening. Um, you've got to be enough in there to make them go, oh, okay, I want to find out more. Yes. You've got to do that. Yeah. Well, so <clears throat> you don't get that with books, at least with a, with a, with a printed novel, where yeah. someone comes in completely at, at random out of the blue, uh, into the middle of it, and starts reading. I mean, they can do that, but the rest of the book is actually there, so they're probably yeah, better off. As you were saying, I don't know how Matt Smith does it, and he's been doing it since like 2000 or something like that, like 30 yeah. pages, so many different stories each week, so and it's nonstop. Huh? Hang on, let's do a calculation. Where's the calculator? Right. So let's say it's it's 32 pages, but there's two ads in each issue. So we'll say it's we'll say you give them 27, yeah. multiply by 50 issues a year, because they take a couple weeks off of Christmas, multiply by right, 23 yeah. years, let's say that's 2,700 pages. That's just from 2008. Plus, there's all the specials and the annuals and the Judge yep. magazine and all that. So we're probably looking at 40,000 odd pages. No, he's editing. Plus, he writes. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forget that. If we look at Judge Dredd year three, which is a collection of short novels, yep. and the writers on that are... Here we you is. see that? Yep. Carl, Matt Smith and Laurel Sills. There you go. So, yeah, you as well. So, yeah. <laughs> and he's a good writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you, you want the people when they write stuff like that you're working on, you want them to be a bit rubbish. You can go, yeah, it's all right. And you read the stuff, you go, damn, I wish I thought of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just a phrase I don't like is that uh, comics aren't for kids anymore. These guys, you know, it's like, well, they are, and they're, they're not. These are yeah. not. Those are. Yeah. It's like any literature, yeah. television, as you were saying, it's a medium. I think we have to remember that it's a medium, you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's a medium. And like most, and it's, it's the best. It's a medium, and it's not rare, and it's not well done. It's just a medium, you know. Yep, that's it. Yeah, but but yeah. I mean, at, the, at the same time, if you, if people it's are, I listening, and it has gotten out of comics and wants to get back into them, they yeah. really need to go along to their, find a local comic shop, you can look it up online, and mm-hmm. go along and talk to the people behind the counter and say, yep. what's good? Yep. And they will tell you what's good because they almost invariably are not going to just give you stuff that they need to sell. Yep. They want you to keep coming back so they will give you good stuff. Yep. And it's, it's more expensive than it used to be when you were a kid, but then so is toffee, you know? I don't know why I said toffee, but you know, everything's more expensive. Yes. Um, yeah. So you, you go to your local comic shop and yep. they will tell you what's good and they won't recommend something that you won't like or they might yep. like, but they're very unlikely but they do know what's they're usually fans they want you to be yeah, so you're a fan you want to I was going to name one of the, one of the comic shops in Dublin one of the big ones because, yeah one of the big ones yeah so if you want to go to to one of those places yep they will yeah find the one that's nearest to you go in and say brilliant I used to read this as a kid. What would I? What would I like? What would yeah. do? Or even I've never read a comic, but I like this kind of literature. I like this kind of film. I like this kind of stuff. Could I? Where could I start? Because you might go. You might say, "Oh, it's only all superheroes." And you go, "Well, you read yeah, thousands of It's not. not. Or it's yeah. all science fiction. It's probably not. Like there's like a lot of stuff. There's like romance and westerns, and it's yeah, endless. It's, it's every- a medium, as as I say, as we say, like it's like film. You know, it's not a genre. It's a it's a medium. Yeah, the um the, the key thing is that yeah, um, just because you see a lot of the superhero stuff doesn't mean it's yep. all superheroes. No, nope. um, you've got to go behind that and and see what else. No, the superhero stuff is great. I love it. It'd I be like saying it'd be like saying like a lot of films nowadays released are superhero films. You go, oh well, all films are superhero films. Like, you know what? That's not yeah. true. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. It's like that. Yeah. Yeah, but the the ones that get the most um, publicity. Um, are the ones that you know obviously everybody sees mm-hmm. um, so yeah you've got to go beyond that and go well what's good that's one of the reasons 2000 is kind of skirted under the radar for a lot of people and you get people who are my sort of age now who are well into their 30s mm-hmm. so far into their 30s they've gone all the way into their 50s but give me my age who are going yeah I've never really picked it up but I must have a look and then they're going this is really good and of course mm-hmm. great thing about when you're in your 50s you generally have enough money to go buy lots of back issues as well yeah so, yeah <laughs> Mm. Um, yeah, so you get people who who have been reading comics for a long time, but they never really noticed 2000 AD, or or they went, ah, yeah, that's not for me. But the thing is, it's an anthology. There's five different yep. stories every week. There's something for everyone in there. If you yep. if you if you're reading it and there's something you don't like, you go, yeah, well, we'll skip that one, and or we wait till that story is completely done, and I'll go back and read it off yep. the ground up, and then uh, yeah, you know, that's the way it works. That's so it, you have yeah. that flexibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's brilliant. brilliant. Anyway, Mike, we're going way over time, like a half an hour oh, and plus ah, over time now. I said only an hour. Be full by this stage, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, That's I don't want to keep your time. I don't want to keep you because I know you're very busy. And uh, as I said before we started recording, Mike's work is, uh, if I was to go through your bibliography, it'd be an hour. 
You've written novels, short stories, comics, short films. You did, by the way, uh, fans of 2018 from a couple of years back. If you remember a website where they had Badger, where you could make your own little badge, your Judge Dread badge with your name on it. Mike did that. I, I wrote that. Yeah, well, I yeah. used to be a programmer. Um, and unfortunately, it no longer works because yeah. Flash doesn't work anymore. I yeah. must rewrite it one day in something else, but it's been so long since I was a programmer. I, at this, I've lost it. Um, but yeah, I wrote that. I've written lots of these things. And yeah. <laughs> I've got one on my website at the moment called Madcap for Comics Collectors, which is the thing where you can figure out um, if you have a comic but you don't know what date it started on, you can use all that you know, stuff. It's, it's oh, cool. Good for Go check yeah. that out, so folks. That's uh, Mike Mike Owen Carroll.com. Michael Michael Owen Michael Owen Carroll. Yeah. Um, so yeah, now the only thing I want to say before I leave you off is uh, if you're writing near the Judge's Red story, please set it back in Ireland again. I would like to see um, back no. in Ireland and see what the Ireland is. No, we're never doing that. No, no, we're, we're, we're going to destroy the Emerald Isle. It's going to be well, at least it's mentioned. It's going to be overrun by all those snakes that St. Patrick sent away. They're back and they're pissed. They're back and they're hissed, you know. So. Okay, yeah, that's it. I'll read that. Yeah, sure. That's good. Okay. Actually, now that I've said that, maybe I will do that. <laughs> yeah, but they're giant snakes, maybe. And maybe the guy talks. It's and there's a political like superhero, you know? <laughs> yeah. hmm. Whatever political but... party you don't like, folks, that's the one I mean. <laughs> anyway. That's right, yeah. Well, listen, thank but, you very much. I hope I, yeah. I wish you lots of luck with this uh, with this um, blog thing. Yeah, I hope I made some kind of sense. If I didn't, it's entirely your fault. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Because <laughs> there are questions. Um, Michael, thank you so, so much for taking time of your day. Well. Thank you to Malcher who uh, set all this up. I believe his first name is Michael, but I only know him as Mo- Molakor. Uh, possibly the, possibly the uh, best mustache in comics. Maybe outside Nicholas Gazin. I wonder would they ever have a voice. But um, <laughs> there we go. Thank you again so, so much. And uh, here's yeah. to 45 more years and plus of 2018. Well, there we go, folks. My interview with the brilliant Mike Carroll from last year. You are listening to the Michael Muto Show here on Western Mic 102 FM. Folks, that's what my lot for today. Thank you so much for joining me on today's program. Thank you as well to Jane Willow for the use of her song Rise Above It All. Folks, if you missed today's program, you can, of course, catch it on the podcast that is available wherever you get podcasts. Well, folks, all that's left for me to say is I hope you have a great rest of your day. I hope you have a great rest of your week. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you have a great Monday. Until I speak to you again on next Tuesday. This has been Michael Muto, your radio pal.